Okay, boys and girls, it's now time for Treks in Sci-Fi with the star of the show, the geek meister himself, Rico. Oh, hello, Deadpool here. I always wanted to be a professional athlete because I wanted to have children in cities all over the world. Hey everyone, this is Rico, and that was a Deadpool TV spot here on Trex and Sci-Fi. Pretty cool, huh? And today is February 14th, 2016. Happy Valentine's Day. And it'll be show number 575. 575, oh my gosh. Just 25 more to go for 600, right? Yeah, I can do math, see? Hey, today we're going to talk about, in honor of Valentine's Day, I thought, I don't think I've ever really done this before, after 575 shows, but going to talk about romance, romance, yes, in sci-fi, mostly in sci-fi movies, TV a little, maybe throw in a little fantasy stuff too, but basically, you know, uh, talk about some couples and some classic sci-fi romances that... uh, we have, uh, or at least I have enjoyed, maybe some of you have as well, uh, in movies and TV over the years. So that'll be today's topic. Uh, going to co- cover that. And I'll talk a little bit about Deadpool. I saw it yesterday and uh, TV things and you, the usual geeky goodness here on Treks in Sci-Fi. I'm Captain Kirk. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present the winners... The 74th Annual Hunger Games. We want a man in black. I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. My name is Optimus Prime. Well, once again, welcome to the show, everyone. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening. Thanks for partaking in Treks in Sci-Fi this week and previous weeks, if you have for a while. Uh, I'm Rico, your host. Been doing this for more than 10 years. E-gads. E-gads. Do people say that anymore? <laughs> anyway, the you know the, the, the beginning of podcasts are always the trickiest part. Once I get rolling, I'm good. Uh, someone recently told me I have the gift of gab, 
I think that was a compliment, I think. Uh, but I hope everyone's doing well. We're in the, 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 the kind of deep freeze of winter right now here in Michigan. It was minus like 6 Fahrenheit this morning, maybe with a high today of about 15 Fahrenheit, something like that. All I know is I don't need to go anywhere. I'm just podcasting and doing some other things here around the house. So it's, uh, you know, fine. But the sun is out, you know. The thing about winter, if you're not from the north or you don't know how it works, is that the sunnier and clearer it is, uh, the actual, usually the colder it is, because that means the cloud cover has moved away. We're not getting any kind of greenhouse effect whatsoever with heat reflecting and, you know, heat staying under the cloud layer. So, again, if there's no clouds and it's a cool, crisp winter day, it's the coldest usually, you know, the blue skies and sunny, but it's going to be freezing. So uh, there is your weather report uh, from the north. <laughs> uh, what else? Uh, I guess we'll go right into, let's get right into talking about Deadpool. Uh, I won't spoil it because I, as everyone who listens to the show knows, I hate spoilers. Uh, and I've only met or know a couple of people who seem to enjoy those. Everyone else is at different levels of spoiler, you know, to the point of where they can't handle any of it. I, I go up to, you know, I, I enjoy watching movie trailers uh, or TV trailers or, or little ads like that. But I won't go out of my way looking up plot points and things. So anyway, Deadpool, the latest uh, from the Marvel studio, uh, you know, just juggernaut of films coming out. Uh, and it's a good one. It's a really good one. It's a completely different. You know, the the great thing about what they've been doing with some of these other properties like Ant-Man last summer and Deadpool is they're, they're really making them each their own. They're not, uh, you know, they're, they're giving them a chance to get their own voice in their own style, and they're they're staying very true to the characters in the comics. So that is, you know, it's it's just the way always I had always hoped comic book movies would go. And again, they're doing a great job with this. Ryan Reynolds, of course, is there's no uh, secret or whatever. But he's always loved the character of Deadpool. He's you know he's lobbied to do these uh, to do this character to do this movie. Ever since he popped up in that Wolverine movie. So uh, anyway, this this movie, uh, first off, it, you know, don't take the kids. It's it's rated R. It's 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 not even like close to PG thirteen. Not even close. So <laughs> there's a ton of language, a ton of violence, some nudity, and uh, so this is not a movie for little kids by any means. Uh, you have been warned. Uh, hopefully that's clear. It's been cleared in all the advertising and and every what everybody's talking about. You know, if you got a teenager-ish, I'm sure that's probably livable. I mean, they're, you know, that that all depends on your own personal point of view, I suppose. So the, you know, Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool. Uh, Wade, the character, you know, the, the wisecracking, you know, kind of villain, kind of hero, but don't really call him a hero. He he, he is basically the, the, the kind of like, you know, you get superpowers and, the, the kind of character that a lot of people, I think, would like to be who just doesn't give a crap about anything. So, except his girlfriend and, and maybe a couple of friends that he has. So, uh, but other than that, uh, you know, he, he is not, uh, he is not the, you know, Boy Scout Superman type hero by any means. And uh, really great job. I mean, great action, good, solid, you know, clean story, not too complicated. 
uh, and uh, some great supporting characters. As you see in the previews, I'm not giving any anything away. There's a couple of X-Men uh, that pop up in this movie uh, that have, uh, you know, a, a reasonable stuff to do. You know, it's not just, just cameos. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, I loved it. Uh, that The humor, I mean, it starts even right at the beginning of the movie, the humor. And it and it works so well. The audience was was into it yesterday when I saw it with my friend Mark, and yeah, I can't really say enough about this movie. I mean, it it's 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 pushing to me Guardians of the Galaxy uh, for my favorite like other you know not like one of the main character team things like Avengers, Captain America, and those movies, but uh, just so much fun. Uh, it, I think it'd be very cool actually to have Deadpool meet up with the Guardians of the Galaxy, especially Star Lord, because they're they're both kind of snarky, kind of wisecracking characters like that. But, uh, yeah, re- really good. Uh, Ryan Reynolds just owns it and and just really some fantastic stuff. And, and amazing, you know, they really didn't spend a lot of mo- money on this movie, you know, com- relatively compared to some of the other big ones they do. I think it was $60 million, $65 million or something like that. And it, and it doesn't look like, you know, like cheap by any means. You know, it doesn't look like they cut corners really, I don't think. I mean, yeah, if you had another $50 million, maybe you could have, you know, made things look a little bit more fancy or whatever. But I don't think it suffered for that at all. Uh, and because uh, it's really about him and, and, and him and as a character. And it's a romance, too, which is appropriate for today's podcast between him and his girlfriend, played by Maureen Baccarin uh, of Firefly fame. And she's on Gotham now. And she's fantastic in this movie, too. Uh, uh, for the ladies out there, you know, another strong, she's not a superhero, but a very strong female character in this movie, I feel and think. So uh, So she doesn't, you know, she's not, oh, save me, Deadpool, save me. No, she, she holds her own. So uh, really great stuff there. Again, I'd love to see this again, I, 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 or again, again, again. <laughs> Uh, it's uh, it's all that I'd hope for. I guess it's going to be making a ton of money. I think it's going to win this weekend easily at the box office. Maybe I'm hearing 120, 130 million for the for the weekend. You know, counting. You know, there's sort of a holiday tomorrow, President's Day. Some people have that day off. Uh, so uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's really great. I, I mean, it actually technically opened Thursday night too. Uh, there were theaters showing it. I saw it on yesterday on Saturday. Uh, at uh, one of my best uh, favorite theaters around, big, big screen, nice. I'm glad there was no weirdness of a 3D option, you know, because it's just just good, good stuff, good fun, uh, really, really well done. And, you know, I think I I read or heard they've already basically approved and greenlit the next one, uh, Deadpool 2. So, uh, and there's some definitely uh some hints in this movie about what they want to do with that especially towards the very very end of the credits so if you go see this stay till the very end of the credits and you know not midway through the credits just to the very end so you've been told and warned so okay enough about deadpool what else what else have been watching on television i guess uh besides the movies actually deadpool was the first movie that i went out to see at the theater since uh star wars since the I think I saw Star Wars: The Force Awakens three times. I just there were other movies I wanted to see. I I, I still like to catch a couple of them before the Academy Awards, but I just didn't really do it yet. So, but uh, as far as television, there's some, been some great stuff. I mean, the the combo uh, DC shows of Flash, Arrow, and now Legends of Tomorrow has been great. Uh, Flash, of course, 
is is still continues to be so much fun. Arrow's great still. Uh, I'm enjoying this season. And uh, Legends of Tomorrow is crazy, wacky fun. I mean, it's it's kind of a ridiculous show a little bit in a way. Uh, there's time travel. There's a whole group of heroes. I think I've seen now four episodes of it, I think. And, yeah, it's good. It's holding my attention. It's interesting. I think they're doing some interesting things there. And whether it's going to be a regular show, I don't know. Uh, who knows if it'll come back or what the situation is there. But I'm enjoying it while it's on. Uh, Agent Carter is still good. Uh, that is, uh, I love that show because it's Haley Atwell is great, and it's a sort of throwback kind of show. It's set back in the late '40s, so you get to see the, you know, the styles, the clothes, the cars, and and it's got a pretty good story going this season too. I think so. Uh, so yeah, it's it's a little more contained this year actually than last year. I'm not sure if it's good or bad. I mean, it's it's kind of got a single sort of storyline going more or less. Where last year there was a bit of a mix of things, and there was an overarching story, I think. But this year, um, it's it's much more uh, a following a certain line, and there's less of what was going on in the first season, which was a lot of Agent Carter or Peggy trying to make, you know, kind of the guys, you know, realize she's a, she's a capable agent, and that isn't really taking place as much this year. So. Uh, so yeah, and you know, there's some there's some sort of sci-fi fantasy. We'll call them more fantasy shows, the Shannara Chronicles. There's a show called The Magicians. There's Grimm still. There is the Shadow Hunters. Shadow Hunters. I've only watched an episode of it. I, I might watch another one or two. Didn't really grab me the first episode. Um, there's still Vampire Diaries, the originals for the fantasy, you know, side. Lot, lot, just tons of things. Lucifer, that new show uh, based on the Vertigo comic book, is on, uh, which is, eh, it's kind of a cop procedural type show set around this supernatural character of Lucifer on there. He's a, he's very good, the actor, and he makes you know me want to watch the show because he's very, you know, he he just grabs hold of that character and and really goes with it but uh i don't know i'm not sure about that show overall i it, it kind of is sort of eh, kind of ordinary in a way i guess i could call it maybe as a comic i i think i never read the comic actually but it probably worked a lot better as a comic as a tv show i don't know we'll see what they do uh what else has been going on? I, I finished up the expanse that ended on sci-fi after its 10 episode run that was really good if you get a chance if you didn't catch it catch up online netflix when it shows up uh you know another outer space saga type show uh, similar in some ways to battlestar galactica but not quite like that it's just set in this somewhat near future with colonies out mining the asteroids and some things take place and there's a lot of uh problems in in the in the solar system and people uh wanting to go to war and uh but an interesting show interesting story and good characters and and very cool effects uh i think i said on a previous show it's it's one of those shows that really tries to keep science and and living and working in space accurate rather than kind of the star wars model which of course i love star wars that's fine too but you know they deal with gravity and no air and 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 just all the little problems of you know, if you have, if you live in a lower gravity, if you live out in the, uh, you know, out in the solar system in a in a lower gravity environment, if you were to come back to Earth after living out there all your life, that wouldn't that would be a problem, and it just good stuff like that. So, trying to think of what else um, 
has been on television that I've been watching. I guess that's most of it. Well, Supergirl, of course. I forgot to mention that. I don't know why. <laughs> Supergirl is one of my favorite new shows. Uh, Sleepy Hollow is back as well, which is good. Uh, Supergirl, though, the, the, the coolest thing about it is they're actually doing a crossover with Supergirl and Flash. I think what it is, I think Flash is appearing on a Supergirl episode. I'm not sure if Supergirl is appearing on a Flash episode or not, or if it's more than one episode. I thought it was just one episode, I think. Um, I'm hoping it's 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 significant, like it's not just a cameo. I don't think so. I think it's going to be a little more than that. Uh, I think that's due to come out maybe towards the end of March, maybe. I'm not sure when exactly. Uh, Flash has got a great story going right now. They also kind of tiny on the last episode. This is a spoiler for the last episode, just a tiny spoiler, I guess. But they, they, they had a quick flash, and they kind of hinted, hinted about the Supergirl thing, along with some other DC heroes. So uh, they've um, the, the really nice blend of the way they're hooking all these shows into each other. You know, DC is really doing on television right now what Marvel has been doing at the, at the movies for the last several years. You know, they have this cadre of heroes and shows like Marvel has movies, you know, uh, that they they mix, they bring all the characters together. They have them go off separately. We've got uh, Captain America Civil War coming in a few months. So, you know, DC, again, is is kind of ahead of their movie curve. You know, we just have the Batman Superman movie next month, uh, March 28th, 23rd, whatever it is, uh, towards the end of March that comes out, which they had a new trailer this past week, which looks really good. I'm excited by it. I, I still still hope that they, you know, it's not quite as dark and, and, and gloom and doom and as Man of Steel was. You know, there there's a little humor in there. Lex Luthor seems to be a little a bit of comedic uh, tone, but uh, it's it's hard to say with this movie, you know, a little bit because all we've they've really been showing us and pushing is the Batman fighting Superman for the most part, uh, their conflict. Uh, the uh, we know that, that that Wonder Woman, of course, pops up in this. This is again all stuff from the trailers. So the question to me is: is how much of the movie is them after they sort of have shaken hands and agreed to work together to fight what looks like a doomsday uh, and maybe another villain, from what I've heard, beyond Lex. Uh, so we'll see how that you know all blends out. I um, I think that a lot of it's going to be Batman, you know, fighting Superman to a degree. And, and them coming to terms with each other. So it, it is kind of a fanboy's dream, though, to have the, have those characters all on screen together. I mean, these are the titans of the comic book world, uh, but they're also so epic and, and big. They're very hard, I think, to bring down to Earth. It looks like in the last trailer I saw a couple of scenes that make me feel that they're they're working at that a little bit. You know, that's what I feel was really lacking in the last Man of Steel movie and the Superman movie was bringing, bringing that, you know, having them, showing them working at the Daily Planet. I know you can only do so much in a movie, but, eh, we'll see. So I think that's it. That's a pretty good rundown. It's already about 17 minutes into the podcast. Let me take a break here, and I will be back in a few moments with uh, a look at some classic, or maybe not so classic, but anyway, some of my favorite sci-fi romances uh, of different times and ages and movies and TV. So be right back. This right there is possible because of all of you, and I am grateful for each one of you. There is one person in particular that I am grateful for. 
You. Someone that has stood beside me when times were darkest. She's the one who lights my way. Felicity Smoke. <laughs> you make me the happiest man on the face of the earth. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right, that clip goes out especially to Chris Clemente because I know how much he likes the uh, relationship between uh, Felicity and Oliver Queen on Arrow. Uh, that is from an uh, episode this season, actually, uh, where uh, Oliver proposed to Felicity. So we're going to talk about sci-fi romance or romance on TV that's sci-fi or fantasy or movies or so forth. Now I'm, I'm a big uh, I'm a big sucker for this kind of stuff. Frankly, you know I I love uh, I love the you know the you know boy meets girl boy boy dies boy comes back or or whatever it is in the movie or the TV. Uh, but I, I don't even it, it's very hard for me to get my you know like how do I cover a big topic like this? And what I thought I would just do is go through some of my favorite uh, couples or relationships for different reasons. Uh, some some I think were really well handled and really well done. Others maybe not so well, but, but for whatever reason, these are the ones that popped into my head. I did a little bouncing around on Google and the internet this morning trying to, you know, refresh my memory. You know, I try not to I don't want to just cover things in the last, you know, year or two that I've, you know, run across. But uh, so let's start with Star Trek, I guess. Uh, Star Trek's not really, frankly, the most romantic uh, set of shows or movies that, that has ever been done in sci-fi. It's actually pretty non-romantic for the most part. Although the later series, I think they tried to do more with it. Uh, but if you go back to the original Star Trek, there, you know, not much. You know, Kirk... You know, of course, the you know what everybody always talks about Kirk. You know, jumping into, you know, jumping into bed with every alien girl he ran across. Yeah, he really didn't that much. I mean, you know, a kiss here or there, but uh, you know, but the you know there wasn't really any a lot of serious romance in the original series. Uh, it you know, a muck time with Spock going you know through the pond far was actually probably the most intense it ever got, uh, but. So that that show was pretty pretty non-romantic. But then when you got to TNG, you had this, you know, unrequited love for most of the run between uh Riker and Troy, right? Uh and then you had that little bit of a kind of thing going on with uh Troy and Worf towards the end. And then of course Troy and Riker finally got married in 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 the movies and you know, they've done books with that relationship. And they they really belong together. There, but but there really wasn't a lot. I mean, there were little things here and there over the course of the series, you know. Uh, but but nothing serious. Picard, uh, you know, just a, you know the Beverly Picard thing. It didn't really ever really go anywhere. Uh, that that episode attached was probably the most they ever dealt with that situation. So so again, TNG 
not really super romantic. Uh, I think once you got to Deep Space Nine, though, they kind of upped it a bit. Uh, they they had a couple of pretty good, solid, you know, what I would call romances in, in that show. Uh, of course, uh, you had Jadzia and Worf. Uh, you know, Julian Bashir tried to kind of, you know, romance Jadzia for a while. But then when Worf came in, uh, that that kind of changed. And, of course, they eventually got married, and everyone knows the history there. And, unfortunately, Jadzia was killed, and, and then there was Ensign Roe and all that. So that kind of stopped. But... Um, the other one was a little more interesting in a way. Well, there was a couple of others. Uh, that We had Odo and Kira, uh, which was a very, almost like an odd couple, I thought, romance. That was kind of an interesting one. And then the um, and then the other one was going on was between Cisco and, of course, Cassidy, the, the freighter pilot. Uh, and that one I thought was pretty good. That one was kind of an adult human, you know, human-human relationship. Uh, of course, Cisco being, you know, the, you know, this, this, this character that he had to play on there, this, uh, emissary and all this prophet more or less that, um, made that situation kind of, uh, difficult, I think at times. Uh, but again, you know, and then the other part about that was, you know, Cisco being a family man, being married, his wife being killed at, at Wolf 359 and, and Jake, his son being with him. So there was, um, you know, that was probably one of the most kind of real relationships Star Trek had ever done uh, for for one of their shows. Let me think about what else I was going to say about that. The, I guess that's probably about it for Deep Space Nine. I mean, there were other things during along the way. And again, I'm just trying to hit the highlights of these different shows. When you got to Voyager, probably the biggest one that ended up happening on there was Tom Paris and Bellana, right? Uh, they eventually get married. They have a kid. Uh, so and there were other things that were going on. Chakotay and, and Janeway kind of, you know, there was a little bit of something there. Sometimes even with Chakotay and Seven of Nine, and Seven of Nine uh, with, you know, two or three others. But uh, but again, not, not really a super romantic show. I thought that the, I was happy that they did try to pursue a kind of a couple with Tom and Bellana. I thought that was good. I, I have really one of my hopes, I think I may have said before on the show, for uh, for the next Star Trek series is I hope we have some serious adult relationships on that show. The fact, I, I don't know, being CBS All Access, I'm not sure how much that's going to allow them to do, quote unquote, more adult stories. Uh, you know, I'm not talking about rated R stuff. I'm just talking about treating things a little more real you know, especially if it ends up being a ship-based show, uh, I, I I just always think that you know these people are out traveling together, uh, and it, it's it's ridiculous to think that the relationships won't form and attachments made and things. I think that's just it's not human, and it's not uh, it's just not real. So so I hope that they do something serious with that. I hope there's couples. I hope there's you know, married people, uh, and I, cause I think it makes things more interesting and, and complex. And I think it's also, again, like I've said a few times here, I think it's more real. So, uh, what else? So I didn't really say much about enterprise. I guess you had trip into Paul was probably the big romance, uh, on that show, uh, as far as Star Trek goes. So I kind of wanted to run down Star Trek cause this podcast kind of focuses on Trek a lot. So I thought I would go there. Um, one of one of my all-time favorite, though, we'll, we'll move on beyond Star Trek now. One of my all-time favorite, I thought that was treated super well, 
was was very believable. Uh, it took seasons to kind of get it going, and it made sense. Was uh, the relationship on Farscape between uh, Aaron's son and and John Crichton, the astronaut from Earth? She's an alien, but basically looks human. Uh, and and they, you know, they're at first kind of almost at odds and and don't really trust each other, but a bond eventually forms through their adventures and everything that they have to go through. And I don't want to give it away. If you've not seen Farscape, and I know there's a lot of people who didn't watch it uh, when it was first on the air and are, have caught up on it after, but I, I, I just can't. I mean, if there was one show probably that people have missed that I would love to each week on the podcast talk about and say you really need to go back and watch it uh, is Farscape. It, it, it is a amazing show very deep in in some ways a lot of fun too Crichton's a great character he's he's kind of a wisecracker kind of guy too and but again a guy from earth thrown into this crazy situation out there and he has to somehow survive and deal with all these crazy weird aliens and it's probably one of the few sci-fi shows too that has really tried to create some very unusual and unique aliens you know, not everyone was just a human with some funny ears or a funny forehead. Uh, so, uh, again, can't recommend Farscape enough. And in the relationship between, uh, you know, John and Aaron was was a big part of the appeal. And, it, you know, they, they, you know, basically watched each other's backs and, and just went through all kinds of crazy things together. Some very, very hard things and, and still managed to come, come together at different times. So... Again, so much, uh, you know, so much great stuff in that show. You, you're really missing out if you haven't checked it out, haven't checked Farscape out. You pull into the roll. It's counterintuitive at first, but it radically increases your distance from the enemy. Aaron, my module is a research craft. It's not built for hairpin maneuvers. Would you like to learn how to do this, or are you content to continually display your ineptitude? My ineptitude? You mean my improvisation that kind of bails your sorry I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What is that smell? What? It's your hair. It smells. Zan gave me something. All right. It smells good. I like it. Well, it's not for you to like. Oh. Then what's it for? For me to like. You don't like that. I like it. Personal indulgences can fracture a small crane. I would never tell them that you scented your hair. Yeah, so that's a little clip there from Farscape with John and Aaron. Uh, just a very good relationship, uh, you know. That it was kind of on off again a bit, but you know, it was. It wasn't like they just just you know googly eyed at each other the first time they met. That was it was a real struggle at times, and it just really well done and played and handled and great stuff, great actors, and and uh, I would love to see more Farscape someday. <laughs> All right, so, of course, you can't really talk about sci-fi romance without talking about Han Solo and Princess Leia. Uh, you know, I, uh, 
it, it meant a lot to me growing up uh, watching that. Uh, I was kind of pretty young then, and you know, and you know, I was starting to you know see girls, see you know, and just it was just perfect. I had this hero character of Han Solo. You know, he, there was a princess. I mean, you know, what's not to like? And uh, and you know, we we of course have to talk about it. You know, because we just saw them older in The Force Awakens and. So it's, uh, yeah, just great stuff. And, and, you know, the funny thing, of course, about the whole Star Wars saga and history is, you know, from the first movie, Luke's kind of, you know, got googly eyes. I keep using googly uh, or Google. I say I should say has Google eyes, yeah, for the princess. Of course, they're brother and sister, we learn later. And that's a little bit weird. But <laughs> beyond that, though, the, the romance between Han and Leia is, you know, a classic of... Uh, sci-fi fantasy we'll call it uh, uh, throughout the ages and will be forever uh, known for especially that great moment in the Empire Strikes Back when Han's just about ready to uh, get uh, turned into a, a carbon carbonite popsicle I love you I know Yeah, good stuff there. Uh, so, yes, the, you know, probably, I mean, uh, you know, you have uh, on the Star Wars front, you have, of course, Anakin and Padme, but that relationship really was kind of messed up, truthfully, right? Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, so we won't talk about that too much. But uh, Han and Leia, yeah, classic, uh, classic relationship and classic uh, romance. You know, the Star Wars films are, are truthfully very romantic in nature and i i, I kind of hope i i know some people may not be feel the same way and of course you know uh, this is you know the podcast that i'm doing but i i think with the you know if if they're trying to which they seem to paralleling a little bit of the original trilogy in this next trilogy they've been doing uh, you know do will we get some kind of a, a romantic relationship going on with maybe ray and who knows, you know, will Finn and Ray, you know, form some kind of an attachment? I, I don't know. Or will it be somebody else that'll come in or, or, or will it be with Poe? I don't know. We'll, uh, we'll find out. But I, I think romance, you know, everyone's called, um, you know, the Star Wars movies, kind of this sweeping fantasy, epic sci-fi romance in a way. And I think you, I, th I hope we get it a bit. I, I thought that the original trilogy had it. Uh, I thought the prequels didn't have it, even though they were trying to force one in a way. Um, I've always thought that um, there was a better way to handle. I, I think I've given this story, but I think this is a good time. I've always thought there was a better way to handle what the way they, they turned Anakin to the dark side. My, my thought was always that he got he became so involved with Padme with, with that was that um, she would be killed somehow maybe right after giving birth or something like that. And, and she, you know, Anakin would blame the Jedi. Maybe they didn't protect her or something would happen like that, which would make him just go nuts. And I, I thought it would have been much more meaningful 
than, you know, the way it was handled in Revenge of the Sith. Uh, it just, uh, but, you know, I, I just thought his feelings, I mean, it obviously messed him up anyway with uh, Padme, but uh, I just thought that there was something drastic that would have happened to Padme that would have would have destroyed him, basically, uh, rather than, you know, what, what kind of happened and the way it all played out in the movies. But, you know, I didn't write him, so, yeah. Uh, let's see, what did we want, what did I want to move over to next? I think that, you know, one, one, a movie relationship that I thought was pretty, pretty well handled also involving Harrison Ford was in Blade Runner between, uh, the character of Rick Dickard that he plays in that movie and Rachel, the replicant. Uh, and, uh, here's a spoiler. I mean, I know we've covered this movie before, but, you know, it seems to be pretty well established these days after talking to like Ridley Scott and he, you know they are doing starting filming this summer uh, a sequel to Blade Runner with Harrison Ford uh, but the the talk around is that Harrison Ford's character Rick Deckard is actually a replicant too so uh, that makes that relationship even more interesting and I you know there's there's a lot of romance in that in that movie really uh, and you know he protects her and, and in the movie he's he's a he's a Blade Runner he's a he's a guy who who puts these replicants, these ones that have run off, uh, puts them down, basically. And uh, for him to do that for, for a woman, for a, a girl, uh, is is pretty, I think, intense and pretty pretty well handled. So, uh, so yeah, that uh, there's a lot of romance in that uh, film as well. Since, again, let's polish off uh, Indiana Jones, or sorry, let's polish off Harrison Ford, it's not exactly sci-fi, but we'll we'll cover it real quickly at least. But the character of Marion with the indie movies, I think, is is Indy's true love. He eventually marries her in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, uh, and you know he had other women throughout those movies, but uh, it was always Marion basically. So um, won't say much more about that. I've covered indie movies before. So okay, on to our next uh, sci-fi romance saga. I, let's talk about Battlestar Galactica. I think. Uh, you know the the more recent incarnation more because the the original one uh, just you know there was you know Starbuck would you know date girls and, and and Apollo did too and it wasn't super serious I mean it was you know late late seventies television right and uh, so um, but uh, I think the biggest probably most real serious adult relationship was was the the love between Adama and Rosalind. Rosalind? Rosalind. What am I trying to... Rosalind? Rosalind. <laughs> you know, the basically the president. Uh, uh, between those two characters, you know, he had an older couple, which was very interesting and unique. You don't see that a lot. Um, I mean, you had that sort of weird thing between Baltar and Six. You had Starbuck, uh, you know, throughout the series with a few different guys. You know, there was a, a, a connection between her and Apollo, uh, there was a, a, a connection between her and that. Oh, why am I blanking out on that weird guy that kept her prisoner, basically? But um, Le you start with an L, like oh, Leeton Liber, whatever. <laughs> I can't think of what his name is, but um, I can picture him. But I, I think again between Adama and, and Rosalind uh, was was probably the the most uh, real one on that show. Again, not too much on the original. But, uh, the, oh, did you hear the talk that they're supposedly, this is a really weird reboot thing. They're doing a, a reboot of, or, or they're basically bringing back the original show, but on the big screen, like in a movie. Like, in other words, that, 
that sort of Battlestar Galactica version with all the mechanical Cylons, not like they did in the uh, the more recent Ron Moore show. Uh, but they're going to do that into a movie form, which, I, well, I'll be there. I love Battlestar Galactica in just about any form. So, uh, But it's a weird thing when you think about it. I mean, I think that the recent uh, Galactica was pretty successful and pretty well regarded. If they were going to do a movie based on anything, it seems like it would be that. But that, that partially has to do with all the rights, I think, too, of Universal and who owns what and, and what properties are available. So, uh, So we'll see how that all works out. Let's go into the comic book realm a little bit. There's a lot of uh, comics and comic movie and properties. I've already talked about a little bit about uh, uh, Arrow and Felicity and Oliver Queen. Uh, but the um, the movies, they've done a, meh, a little bit with it. I think the most serious one really was done in the uh, recent couple Amazing Spider-Man movies between Peter and Gwen Stacy. They had a relationship, you know, between Mary Jane and, and Peter Parker in the original, uh, or the I should say the, the the Sam Raimi movies, the trilogy there. But I always felt one of the greatest things. I know the Amazing Spider-Man and, and the sequel to that. Uh, you know, some people liked, some people didn't. I thought they were pretty good, especially the first one. Uh, I because I think that the uh, the relationship between Peter and Gwen in that movie uh, with uh, the actors who have a real life romance or did at least I'm not sure if they're still together. I think they did a really good job. I think it came across real well in that movie, uh, and I, it it uh, it was handled pretty well. And it, it, there was a lot of chemistry between the two characters, between the two actors, a lot more than I thought that that, that ever was there between. Uh, the actors in the other ones with Sam Raimi that he did between Mary Jane and Peter and those. So uh, let's see if I can find a little clip between uh, uh, Spider-Man, between Peter and Gwen from The Amazing Spider-Man. I'm sorry, but you know I thought he was going to arrest me at one point. No, I wouldn't have let him arrest you. What happened to your face? I want to tell you something. Oh, Okay. I've been bitten. So have I. Okay, 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 okay. I gotta tell you this one thing. I gotta tell you this one thing. And it's, it's about the, the vigilante and the car thief, all right? Oh. Okay, no, forget that. I'm not gonna talk about that. I'm gonna talk, I'm gonna talk about me, okay? What about you? It's impossible. I, I wish I could just. I can't. It's hard to say. Just say. No, I don't. Say it. What? What? Father wants you to come inside right away. Okay. Okay? Yeah. 
Gwen. Yeah, so I, I like those movies. I, I think, you know, Andrew Garfield as Peter Parker and Emma Stone as Gwen Stacy, you know, really uh, generate a lot of chemistry. They obviously uh, care about each other in real life, which doesn't hurt. It certainly helps. So for a comic book romance movie uh, or, or a romance based on a, a comic that's portrayed in a movie, I think that works really, really well. It's uh, it's it's a little odd in a way because really for the most part of, over the years in the comics, you know, Peter has mostly been with Mary Jane Watson. That's kind of been more of his true love. Although Gwen Stacy kind of you know is it's been known for a long, long time <laughs> in the comics. So this isn't really a spoiler, but you know she kind of comes to a tragic end. So, uh, but uh, but anyway, uh, okay. So let's stick on comics here. Uh, the Marvel movies, uh, probably I think the biggest one that's been been happened or has happened uh, would be between Tony Stark and Pepper Potts. Uh, I think in the last Iron Man film especially, that relationship was a little bit more intense, a little more real. Uh, you know, Tony's kind of a, a ladies' man. He, he's sort of a playboy, you know, and, and so that's that's a little tricky, but... They didn't really play that up so much in the movies, uh, but uh, in the in you know he seems to be pretty much committed to Pepper, and I like that aspect of it. Captain America, uh, Steve Rogers, you know he kind of lost his lady love in in uh, Peggy Carter, and nothing has really happened since then in the films and in his movies and the Avengers. There was a little flirtation I think between him and and Black Widow between Natasha and him, but. It looks like I, I. It looks like in the next one in Civil War, although from the previews there doesn't seem to be any hint of this. But I think I read or heard somewhere that there's going to be some kind of a relationship or, or something, uh, in the next film. I mean, there was a there was that little line in in the, uh, one of the previous movies. About uh, you know uh, Natasha teasing uh, Steve about you know you know going out on a date at least once in a while, and he said he had he was a busy guy, had no time, so. <laughs> But uh, but comic books haven't really been very romantic on screen, even though that's been a staple in in you know the the paper form for a long time. I mean, obviously in paper comics, just like books, you can build relationships longer uh, than than you do on screen. I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy, there was a little thing going, you know, a little bit something starting between you know Peter Quill between Star Lord and Gamora, but not a lot there. And the Avengers movies are just too big and too epic and too much you know, fighting bad guys and robots and, and aliens to, to have much romance going on. It would probably have to get sort of shoehorn, shoehorned in. Although we learned that, you know, Hawkeye has this secret little family and off off living in the countryside somewhere, which I thought was a cool thing. I, I like that. And again, I think these, you know, when handled well, when romance and relationships are handled well in a movie or a TV show or whatever, a comic, I, I think it, it adds a lot to it. I'm not... Uh, I think it's it 
it's believable and, and, and very real. The, the big one, of course, in the DC universe side of it would be, you know, the, the classic one between Lois Lane and Clark Kent or between Superman and Lois Lane. Uh, that has been done, you know, in so many different ways and times through movies, television shows. I don't think we have to talk too much about it. Uh, but uh, And it looks like it's being explored a bit more uh, in this next Superman versus uh, Batman film. Of course, the big kicker, the big problem with Superman romancing a, a, a human woman is, well, he's Superman, and he's super strong, and a lot of other things different between the two of them, as they, they kind of tried to touch on in, in a roundabout way uh, in uh, Superman 2, of course, with Christopher Reeve uh, and becoming human, you know, going in that little chamber in the Fortress of Solitude and losing his powers is really probably the only way that, you know, uh, the character of Clark, Superman, could be together, uh, really together with a, a human woman. So, But it's, it's, it's a romance and a relationship that's been used uh, for decades and decades, you know. I mean, they're, you know, there's, they almost go together. I mean, they've had a whole TV show, Superman and Lois Lane, or, you know, Su- you know Cl- The Adventures of Clark and Lois, or whatever that was called. Um the, you know, they, this is just a big, big comic book uh, relationship. If you died without ever knowing why, I'd never be able to forgive myself. Because I love you. Give me a break! <laughs> you want to go back? If the earth opened up at my feet, I wouldn't move until I'd said this. <sighs> Lois? Asking Clark or Superman. All right, so there we go, Lois and Clark. Yes, that was the name of the show. <laughs> All right, so let's run down some uh, some kind of quick, uh, just just romantic sort of sci-fi slash fantasy films you could be watching on Valentine's Day. Uh, there was a zombie movie, which sounds weird to say as a romance, from a couple of years ago, uh, 2013, I think it came out, uh, called Warm Bodies uh, with uh, Nicholas Holt. Uh, I forget the female lead, their, her name. She's in a new romance that just came out. Uh, but um, but that is, uh, it, it's a very romantic uh, movie in a way because, you know, he's a zombie, she's a girl, you know. It's like, uh, oh, you're a girl from this side of the street, and I'm a zombie from this side of the street kind of a thing. But it's 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 not just romance. I mean, it's just there's a good relationship between the two of the characters. Uh, there's other things going on in the movie, but it's, it's super sweet and super 
cool and, and just a great movie to watch. And it it's it's very different, I think, and unique, and I liked it a lot. So uh, uh, there's a couple others from the past, Edward Scissorhands, Donnie Darko. There's a romance in those movies in, in sort of weird and different, interesting ways. I thought I would mention a couple of those, um, but they've got uh, they've got some nice things in them as well. Even if you want to go on the animated front, the uh, the Wally movie is is pretty romantic and and uh, has a you know the relationship between what is it Wally and what's the is it Evie Eve I think the 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 other one the the female robot we'll say but. Uh, yeah, that uh, that movie uh, will definitely touch uh, on your romance side of things, uh, for sure. Oh, we should uh, we should definitely uh, go back for a second though to comic books. I forgot uh, what I started the show with actually by playing you that TV spot for Deadpool. Deadpool's a a pretty strong romantic uh, film, uh, you know, between uh, the character Deadpool and his girlfriend, uh, played by again Marina Baccarin. I think she becomes a comic book character copycat later, uh, if I remember right. I forget her character's name in the movie. Uh, but here's another uh, TV spot for uh, for Deadpool, which is, which is pretty funny, pretty good. And uh, I'll be back in a second after this. Oh, hello. You're probably thinking, my boyfriend said this was a superhero movie. Well, surprise, this is actually, lucky you, a love story. Why the fancy red suit, Mr. Poole? When your worst enemy is after your best girl, it's time to be a superhero. Hear the music. I've played a lot of roles. Damsel in distress ain't one of them. We can't allow this Deadpool. Nobody's getting hurt. That guy was already up there when I got here. Let's go, give it to Oh, that's good. This film is not yet rated. Oh, yeah, Deadpool. So good. The, um... Uh, the TV shows Buffy and Angel had a lot of romance. I haven't talked about those yet, but uh, they're a little more fantasy, I guess, uh, than sci-fi. But, you know, Buffy and, and, and the character of Angel, of course, uh, had a kind of a tragic romance in a way. Uh, then Buffy and Spike and, and Angel and, and a few others and Cordelia. And, and it, it um, a lot of uh, actually quite a bit of romance in that show between uh the different characters and yeah uh, it's uh it's a good show and if you've never watched those go back and do it because those are some fantastic shows as well to check out and especially uh on valentine's day so oh my gosh there's just so many to cover i was thinking about throwing in lord of the rings you know but uh, it not really super romantic romantic really right yeah um, but, uh, I've covered the biggies. Uh, oh, the Stargate, Stargate, excuse me, franchise had, had uh, a bit of romance throughout, you know, you know, it was on for a long time. I mean, I think 10 seasons for the original Stargate Atlantis. Uh, uh, there was, uh, some romance on that show. Uh, and, you know, I guess basically about every show eventually has some kind of romance, right? Uh, the, the current show Grimm uh, has, has quite a bit as well. Well, I shouldn't say quite a bit, but it's part of it. It's basically, you know, it comes down to this. If you're going to do a show about people, <laughs> I mean adult people, uh, or, you know, up teenagers and beyond, you're going to have to deal with this, especially uh, television shows, movies to, to some degree more or less. I mean, you've got a couple of hours 
it doesn't have to be super romantic. Uh, but uh, I did want to play. I'm going to play another uh, one clip for you, and then we'll probably wrap this whole thing up on so Rico doesn't come off as too blubbery romantic. I, I think I probably already am, right? <laughs> Uh, but uh, there was a movie from a couple of years ago with Joaquin Phoenix. Is that how you say the game? The guy's name, Joaquin? There's a movie called Her. And if you've seen this, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't seen it, you should because it's a good one. Uh, basically, it's a guy who sort of falls in love a bit with this personal AI kind of assistant. Sort of like if you're familiar with the Amazon Echo. Uh, but uh, I'll play a little trailer for you here in a moment. But it's just a disembodied voice. It's not an android or a robot like they did with that show Humans or, or when they've done that in other TV or movies. It's a voice. Uh, the voice is uh, played by Scarlett Johansson, which is a pretty good voice to fall in love with, I would say. But uh, but anyway, the, um, the premise of this movie is this kind of a lonely guy. He gets this computer with this sort of personal... Uh, AI, uh, you know, intelligence on there to to help him out, help him with his daily tasks, but but it's 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 a super sophisticated uh, piece of software that that basically slowly kind of learns him, learns more about him. He learns about her, and well, hence the title. But uh, I think it's really well done. It, it sounded a little weird and, and a little dorky at first or whatever, but I, I think they do a really good job with it. It doesn't come off as as too weird or anything like that, and uh, it's a pretty sweet movie. So uh, so check this out, and I'll be back, and we'll we'll wrap up this sci-fi and fantasy romance uh, show. Mr. Theodore Twombly, welcome to the world's first artificially intelligent operating system. We'd like to ask you a few questions. Okay. Are you social or antisocial? I guess I haven't been social in a while. How would you describe your relationship with your mother? Oof. Thank you. Please wait as your operating system is initiated. Hello, I'm here. Hi. Hi, I'm Samantha. Good morning, Theodore. Good morning. You have a meeting in five minutes. You want to try getting out of bed? <laughs> You're too funny. Okay, good, I'm funny. I want to learn everything about everything. I love the way you look at the world. How long before you're ready to date? What do you mean? I saw in your emails that you'd gone through a breakup. Well, you're kind of nosy. So what was it like being married? There's something that feels so good about sharing your life with somebody. How do you share your life with somebody? How are you? I guess I've just been having fun. You really deserve that. It's been a long time since I've been with somebody that I felt totally at ease with. What's it like to be alive in that room right now? I wish I could put my arms around you. I wish I could touch you. How would you touch me? crazy thing to do. It's kind of like a form of socially acceptable insanity. What does a baby computer call its father? I don't know what. Data. It's a quiet, it's Can you feel me with you right now? I've never loved anyone the way I love you. Me too. 
All right, yeah, so that's the trailer to Her, if you've not seen that, uh, with Joaquin Phoenix and Scarlett Johansson. Check it out. It's a good one. All right, uh, I could have gone on a lot longer probably, but this is good, I think. This is a good little slice of uh, sci-fi fantasy romance for all of you. Hopefully I've pointed out a few things maybe. uh, Oh, there's junk in Doctor Who, you know, romance there. Uh, We've got the uh, Divergent and Hunger Games films, all those YA, you know, young adult stuff. Harry Potter, there's romance, you know. I mean, there's just tons, tons and tons and tons. It's just inevitable. Don't fight it. (laughs) Um, I enjoy it. I I don't find it, you know. There used to be this thing about, like, a a television show, for example, you know, when you got the, you know, oh, X-Files, by the way, is is got a, you know, a romance that's been sort of backburnered, and people will say, oh, when they got them together, things fell apart. I don't really think that's true. I I think it's just inevitable uh, when people are together on these shows or in real life you're you're going to grow attached it's just human nature unless you're a machine and even machines these days who knows uh, at what point you know they'll become you know to the to the level of uh you know indistinguishable from a human being right uh, the turing test isn't that what that is anyway so i i hey I'm feeling pretty romantic now for this Valentine's Day. Got to go find the wife. <laughs> oh, to TM. Anyway, um, next week, let's see. Uh, next week on the show, I think uh, it's going to be a guest show because that's the way it usually works. And uh, I'm trying to remember what I'm doing in two weeks. Ah, the schedule's, uh, you know, not that important, right? I could look it up. I think it's a Trek episode I'm covering, yeah. Uh, But uh, there'll be a guest host here, I think, next weekend. I'm working on that right now. So, hey, I hope you guys have all enjoyed listening today. You can always contact me at treksf at gmail.com. Please check out patreon.com forward slash treks and sci-fi. I've got phase one done of my set, a little Trek set that I'm building here for vidcasts. Uh, with the panels and the, and the control panel built and everything. So it's looking pretty sweet. Uh, I like it. And uh, so if you want to donate a dollar or two a month to the show, uh, some very small amount that you'll never even miss, it's like a you know a few bottle returns, uh, go over to patreon.com forward slash treks in sci-fi. Okay, I'm out. Uh, thanks for listening again, as always. Uh, oh, big thanks. I forgot to say at the very beginning of this, big thanks to Jedi Jeff for last week's show on, on the Ships of the Force awakens that was great fantastic job again as jeff always does uh and if you're ever interested in hosting uh, a show just shoot me an email let me know what you'd like to talk about uh i think that's all uh take care everyone stay warm if you're in a cold place and i hate you if you live in someplace warm <laughs> it's uh i yes i do i do although uh it looks like in a couple of weeks uh rico gonna be uh oh third person talking I'm going to be going to China in a couple of weeks, it's looking like. Uh, I hope it's warmer over there. I'm hoping. So, okay, everyone, take care. I'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. Just relax for a moment. You're free as a carbonite. You have hibernation sickness. I can't see. Your eyesight will return in time. Where am I? Jabba's palace. Who are you? Someone who loves you.
Well. I gotta get you out of here. <laughs> What's that? This has been a Rick Dusty podcast production.